morning, everyone. So great to see you here. I'm having some technical difficulties with my iPad, so um, we value not knowing what we're doing (laughs) as a means to, uh, oh, well, I don't know. You think I'm good now? Okay. Wasn't that great, all the kids? So much fun. Christopher, I have somehow gotten way off up here, and I don't know how to, how to get it. It's my fault. But um, I keep coming up with something I'm not, I don't know how I got there. How many of you are our visitors today? You want to raise your hands for our visitors? Great, great. Welcome, welcome. So glad to have you. One, um, one obligation you have to um, face up to as a visitor is pray for the Panthers today <laughs> who um, are playing, uh, who are they playing? The Buccaneers, yeah. Those evil pirates from the south. Are we good? Thank you. Give it up for Christopher. Why don't we um, read these verses together? I always like doing that. Um, Here we go. Now, they're in the same country, shepherds living out in the fields, watching over their flock by night. Behold, an angel of the Lord. Yes. For there is born to you this day in the city of David, a Savior who is Christ the Lord. And this will be the sign to you. You will find a babe wrapped in swaddling cloths, lying in a manger. Read verse 12 again one more time. Okay, think for a minute, who did the angels come reveal the birth of Jesus to in these verses? Shepherds. And what did they tell the, what did they tell the shepherds in verse 12? This will be a sign to you. And so, um, I've seen some interesting things in the scripture about the birth of Jesus. I'm going to just point out this morning. And they're the kind of things you could not absolutely empirically prove, but they're kind of things that make so much sense and and carry so much interest and meaning that it's well worth thinking about. So the angels appear to um, shepherds, and they tell the shepherds about what's gone on, and then they tell them that there is a particular sign and what is that sign? Let's read that last part. You will find a, a babe wrapped in swaddling clothes, lying in a manger. 
And actually, if you read this in the original language, it doesn't say lying in a manger. It says lying in the manger as though there was a specific manger these shepherds would be familiar with. So that's a great thing to think about. Now, let's keep reading. And suddenly there was with the angel a multitude of the heavenly host praising God and saying, Glory to God in the highest, and on earth peace, goodwill toward men. So it was when the angels had gone away from them into heaven that the shepherds said to one another, Let's now go to Bethlehem and see this thing that has come to pass, which the Lord has made known to us. And they came with haste and found Mary and Joseph and the babe lying in a manger. Now, here's a question. How did they know where to go? How did they know where they were? Well, actually, according to the Bible, the the wise men came two years later and found Jesus in a house. So the star was later, if you really read the biblical account. Two years later, they found him and they found a child in a house. It's very, it's very clear. How would those shepherds know where to go? I don't expect you to know the answer because I've come this morning to provide it. So it's rhetorical. And it doesn't even mean I'm right. It just means this is a great thing to think about this morning. Okay? Then there was this prophecy about the coming of the Messiah out of Micah 4.8. Let's read this together. And you, O tower of the flock, the stronghold of the daughter of Zion, to you shall it come... Even the former dominion shall come, the kingdom of the daughter of Jerusalem. And so here's, um, here's an observation, something just to, to realize. There was a flock, and to watch over their flocks by night, special flocks, we're going to see this in a moment, there was a tower. And so we have a messianic promise here that connects the birth of Jesus with um, the tower of the flock. So we'll go from here. What was the sign? A baby wrapped in swaddling clothes lying in the manger. Why would the angels announce the birth of Jesus, the Messiah, to a random group of shepherds? Question number one. Who were these shepherds? Question number two. How did the shepherds know exactly where to go to find the baby when they were given no specific directions? Question number three. And number four is, how was it that the sign to that specific group of shepherds would be a baby wrapped in swaddling clothes lying in a manger? So I'm going to try to answer these questions, show you something really wonderful about Jesus, and then we'll take off. We'll have our our candle, our candle lighting. Well, to answer these questions and to understand the significance of this episode, we need to consider that prophecy we just mentioned in Micah 4.8. As for you, tower of the flock, hill of the daughter of Zion, to you it will come. Even the former dominion will come, the kingdom of the daughter of Jerusalem. Many believe this is the location and address of the birth of Jesus Christ. What's that address? That address is the tower of the flock, the watchtower. Now let me, let me continue here. The daily temple sacrifice in Jerusalem required two unblemished sheep from Bethlehem. 
one sacrifice in the morning, one in the evening, as a continual sacrifice before the Lord. The Passover was an annual sacred feast that Jehovah himself instituted for Israel to commemorate their deliverance out of Egypt. During Passover in Egypt, or in Israel rather, the feast required literally thousands of sheep. One lamb needed for each household in all of Israel. During the time of David's census, there were 1,300,000 men beyond the age of 20. This would suggest a population nearing 5 million. This demand required an estimated 250,000 sheep to accommodate the Passover annually. It's interesting. Now, here's something we need to realize. The fields around Bethlehem near Jerusalem were valuable grazing lands. The priestly shepherds were still charged with watching over the temple flock both day and night. This was the flock that they took the sacrificial um, lambs from, the Passover lambs. Um, They were vigilant to protect the lambs from their natural enemies, the robber, the wolf, the bear, and the sun. Migdal Eder, that's the Hebrew name for Tower of the Flock, was constructed as a place for watching over the sheep. A room on the ground floor was designated for the delivery and protection of these special lambs. Here they kept a manger ceremonially clean due to the sacred role of these little lambs. Now, Alfred Alfred Edersheim wrote this in the life of times of Jesus the Messiah. At the time of the birth of Jesus, the tower of the flock or Migdal Eater was a specific place. It was the locations where shepherds brought their sheep. The sheep were to be sacrificed at the temple. They were not just any flock and herd. The shepherds who kept them were men who were specifically trained for this royal task. They were educated in what an animal that was to be sacrificed had to be, and it was their job to make sure that none of the animals were hurt, damaged, or blemished. During lambing season, the sheep were brought to the tower from the fields as the lower level functioned as the birthing room for sacrificial lambs. Being themselves under special rabbinical care, these priests would strictly maintain a ceremonial clean birthing place. Once birthed, now this is very significant, once birthed, the priestly shepherds would routinely place the lambs in the hewn depression of a limestone rock known as the manger. And they would wrap the newborn lambs in swaddling clothes to prevent them from thrashing about and harming themselves until they had calmed down so they could be inspected for the quality of being without spot or blemish. The Passover lamb had to be a lamb without spot or blemish or bruise. Now, the custom of the day utilized swaddling clothes for newborn infants as well as sacrificial lambs. These cloths or bands were also used for restraining lambs prior prior to sacrifice. The swaddling bands held the lambs for inspection to to ensure they met the standards set forth in the law in Numbers and Exodus. The lambs were restrained to keep them from harming themselves and disqualifying them from sacrifice. Lambs had to be without blemish. Is that interesting? I think it's terribly interesting. Here's the theory in a summary. There was a place just outside of Bethlehem City, 
but still within a region commonly known as Bethlehem where Passover lambs were kept by specially trained and purified shepherds. These lambs were born in the tower of the flock known as Migdal Eater under the watchful eye of the shepherds who would then inspect and either certify them for use as sacrifices in the temple or designate them to be released for common use. The new lambs would, according to some sources, even be wrapped in special swaddling clothes once certified. Now, the manger in the gospel can also be translated as stall, and we've seen um, that's a holding area for animals. I'm not trying to dispute the standard viewpoint of the nativity scene, but a lot of those nativity scenes are made in China and you buy them at the Walmart. And so I'm not sure, you know, how sanctified that particular concept is. But nevertheless, the fascinating part about the theory, first, it places Jesus' birth in the traditional location for Passover lambs to be born. Fitting, since he became the Passover lamb of God who took away the sins of the world. It explains how the shepherds knew where to go to find the newborn babe. And why it being wrapped in swaddling clothes would be a significant clue. What was the sign? This shall be a sign unto you shepherds. You shall find what wrapped in swaddling clothes? Another lamb? No. A baby. A baby who had come from God who was unlike any other child who had ever been born. A pure child, without spot, without blemish, destined as a Passover for sacrifice. Um, the, The amazing thing is this lamb was born in a place possibly where he could be inspected by priests who had been trained and designated to identify, recommend, and authorize every Passover lamb ever offered in Israel. One of the wonderful things about Jesus is he was a pure lamb. Um, The inspection process was rigorous. Uh, If you remember when Jesus died... If you can, if you can think through, uh, his passion, one of the things Herod himself, actually it was, it was Pontius Pilate. Pontius Pilate, the governor, the Roman governor of Israel actually said about Jesus when the Jews were angry with him, he said, I find no fault in this man. Let me say that again. The secular world said, I find no fault in this man. And so Jesus, the Passover lamb, we could say inspected at birth, no fault, lived his life as faultless son of God, son of man. And when they crucified him, they did not crucify him because of anything he did. He was faultless. He was spotless. He was the Lamb of God given for the sole purpose of rescuing sinful people. How many of you have needed rescuing at some point in your lives? 
Well, the wonder of Christmas is, the wonder of this story is, to as many as received Jesus, God gave them the authority, the right, or the privilege to become children of God. It's the only way to become a child of God in, in its entirety, in its, in its most wonderful way. You receive Jesus. Anyone in here today who has not received Jesus, I recommend him. I recommend him as the, the way, the truth, the life. I proclaim boldly, no man, no woman, no one shall come unto the Father but by him. I recommend this lamb who spilled his blood on your behalf. I recommend this lamb whose blood satisfied the righteous requirements of God when it came to your sin and your failures and your shortcomings. And I say this this morning with all boldness. He is the only solution. He is the only solution. Every other solutions, though they may have merit, are not the ultimate solution that the world needs to be reconciled to God and discover that Jesus is the king every single person deep in their hearts really wants. Really wants. He is the light of the world. Jesus said, I am the light of the world. Then he said this, you are the light of the world. So we're going to light these candles if some of my ushers can come. Now, if um, any of your children have candles, you need to be right with them. I'm hung up on that chair somehow. Hey, let's pray for safety and protection through the candle lighting ceremony, Father. Thank you so much that Jesus is the light of the world. And that because of Jesus, we have become lights of the world. And we pray that our lights this morning will illuminate us to see what it is to pass this light on. And that blessing and benefit and salvation and goodness and kindness and mercy would be shed abroad in every heart this morning in a way where they would shed that love abroad everywhere they go. Father, in Jesus' name, amen.